This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Day, former trialist Liam Kelly, Kellen Gordon, Ronan Darcy, Dion Conroy, Anthony Grant, Ben Gladwin, Scott Lindsay. Can you hear me? Your boys took one hell of a beating. What a splendid Saturday afternoon at the county ground that was as Swindon Town spanked Crawley Town for six. However, it's a bank holiday weekend and the enthusiastic contributors either didn't watch the game or they're barbecuing, holidaying, watching Bundesliga, watching wrestling, generally having better things to do or fighting to say something nice about Saidu Khan. Hmm. So we have a debut and he's another delight from the Northwest. It's Max. Hello, Max. Hi, Rach. How are we doing? Oh, I'm tired after that intro. Yeah. I'm tired. That was too much. I like much. the energy. I like the energy. There was no energy. That, that, I thank you for it, but I'm very tired now. I've, I've got a, I've got a bit dizzy. Um, first of all, Max, thank you for one stepping in at late notice to help me out, and also thank you for not being called Ben, Joe, or Connor, spelt with two N's, because on the latter point, an anonymous contributor has a fierce vendetta against two N Connors. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. I could be a one now. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a one Lovely. And we have three Bens. That's too many. That shall is we, too many Bens. Shall we shall we battle Royale the Bens from the Low Strangers? Well, they could they, if AW at Wembley this weekend, if they get if they can get down there in the next two hours, I'm sure they could put something on for them. Winner takes all. I've never agreed with anyone more. That would be great. And I think that's where one of our enthusiastic contributors is. So maybe they could referee. Perfect. It's all set up. This is good. This is good. I'm feeling good about this. Speaking of feeling good about things, um, I'm not one for betting, Max, but there was there was a tweet after the game, which was frankly sensational. Uh, Chris, who follows the Low Strangers account, so if he's listening, hello. His family had a great little weekend. Let's go back to 2013. In 2013, they put money on Swindon winning 5-0 because it was his dad's 50th. And we played crew. And back then, we would always beat crew 5-0. So it came in. This year, 10 years on, for the 60th, they put 
nil on and 20 quid. What was it, 200 to 1? I think it was 200 to 1, yeah. Jeez Louise. And uh, can you imagine the celebrations when Shade scored in the 99th minute? Must have, yeah, it must have been crazy. I, I put on an ACA every single weekend and it never comes in and I'm always on ridiculous odds. So, like, for something like that to come in for someone. And you don't, and I'm so, I, I was iffy on it because I'm like, you don't bet on your own team. <laughs> I, I, I would always bet. I was always a bet against my team if I was a better man. Because then, either way, you've either got the win or you've got a bit of money. Exactly, exactly. The weirdest quirk from this this heck of a run, and we can't wait for twenty thirty three. We're all on tenterhooks for ten years. Time. I don't want to wish my life away, but I'm going to be here for it. But in two thousand and three, Town won four nil this very weekend against Notts County. So 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, it's in the stars. We didn't win 3-0 uh, in 1993. That was Premiership at the start. I think we lost 5-0 to Liverpool and 5-1 to Southampton around that time. So, uh, no, no. That was going to be my exact question. What was it in 1993? Yeah, it wasn't 3-0, Swindon. I can assure you of that. Oh, I'm sure. Hey, we could get we get everyone to put a tenner in each for seven nil in ten years' time. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're. I think the odds are going to go down dramatically. There's going to be some sort of investigation on betting patterns, isn't there? It's, um, because it's going to happen, everybody. Gosh, I hope we're high up the leagues when when that is also taking place. Six nil, Max. What a thrill to make your debut on such an easy pod. I know, it's perfect. As soon as it was coming in, and I had an idea that I'd, I'd like to come on to it, I was like, well, this makes the note-taking easier. I don't have to go into anyone. Perfect. You don't have to go into anyone, will we? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we, we're never happy, are we? But um, let's, let's go through the lineup. Nice and easy. Start Mahoney in goal. Back three of Godwin Malife, Bruitt and Blake Tracy. Uwakwe came in for Brooklyn Genesini. And then Hutton on the other side, as per, along with McEachern and Khan in the middle. Kemp in what will now be called the Kemp role. And then up front, Young and Austin. That's what we're going for. We don't really need to go into a huge amount of detail. Just as a side, during the post-match wave of Swindon Town-related social media content, we saw Fraser Blake Tracy provide a, a little insight into the inside of his car. And I found it delightful, Max, that FBT refers to himself as FBT on his, you know, on it for his phone. It is a long name, isn't it? It is. You've got to have some sort of abbreviation there. You got to. You got to. Are you fr- although phrase works, there's not any other phrases. Oh, yeah. Well, FPT. You know it, that, that it just it's just good, isn't it? It's very it cricket. Good. It's very politics or cricket, but I, I like it. I was going to say it's very wrestling. Oh, I'm out of the wrestling game. Is that is that is that all it takes now in wrestling? FBT. Three letters usually does the job. I'd think. Oh man. They just go with names now, don't they? Really. It's usually. Oh, they 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 just take people's names away now. Oh. Oh dear. Okay, well, confirmed. Michael Flynn doesn't mind a little bit of a gung-ho approach. I think it's safe to say that having seen Swindon play six times this season, it's been tremendous fun. And whilst we're up against performances as slack as Crawley, it's great. But long-term, surely this is not sustainable. Maybe it is. I was good. I was going to say entertaining um, as much as it, you know, pulls of the heart. Because I mean. It got to. I don't think. I don't think I was comfortable in the game until four nil. Because <laughs> having been having been at Wrexham and witnessing being bearing oh, witness to it, you know. Yeah. And I, I I think it's it's unsustainable in in that I still think there's we need a little bit more in the squad because if you're going to be playing this way, you need rotation options, right? And especially when you've got a player, take for example, you've got a player like um, Hepburn Murphy who's got an injury record, you know. Mm-hmm playing this way can't be sustainable for, for the players' bodies? No. No, I, I think that's a fairly uh, fair comment to make, and I don't think anyone's going to argue about that. And I think because we are in the last week of the window, it's inevitable that we'll talk about depth and a fair few of the contributors uh, mentioned squad depth too. Everyone's delighted with this weekend, and I think it's fairly so. But maybe, maybe throwing zero caution to the wind is enough in this division. Maybe the future is occasionally reckless and chaotic football. I'm not so sure, but as long as it's working the way it is, I'm here for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like 
getting your money's worth. We're seeing a lot of goals. Um, I've, I've I've said that like the issue of goal scoring, which we we seem to have last year, pretty much all the way through the season, seems to have been well addressed over the summer, mm. which is good to see. And like like I say, just a little bit a little bit more solidarity at the back. Maybe a seed, maybe like a defensive midfielder, and watching just watching the counters. And I think you know could be really good to watch. Yeah, it took us to early October in the league to score 15 goals in total, I think. It wasn't as um, productive <laughs> as it has been this season. It's been really, really good fun. We did see some really dour games at the county grounds. Away from home, there seems to be this connection between Swindon Town, regardless of what 11 they put out. I said it on the press, I said, in any other season, I would say this is going to be nil-nil because you'd expect Flynn just to want to tighten it up. But because we score so many and and we've also got it in us to concede, there was no way that was going to happen. And the way the opening stages went, it looked like it was going to be another really chaotic 90 minutes, which proved not to be the case, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, Flynn talked about it, um, I think in lead up about it being a bit of a, being a bit basketball, right? And that opening 20 minutes was just end-to-end, chance after chance. Not many of them on target, but both teams look quite open and both teams look fairly expressive going forward. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the first half. But in the first half, at least, that was the case for both sides, I'd say. Yeah, I would agree. Before we go into like the, the big moments of the first half, I think... I think it's fair to say last year as as a podcast we were we it felt like we were fighting the tide of positivity and we were getting a bit of stick for it because although we were getting positive results it it to us was clear that we weren't as good as our results were indicating but this year I have absolutely no idea but I'm really really enjoying it the first half Max was like watching regional boxing or something you know they were just windmilling away trying to land a decent punch the first big chance of the game was to Crawley and they should have scored. Uh, Clyde Lolos uh, danced through the town defence. They all got sucked towards the ball again. Bruett, who was largely sound in this game, loses his man, which allows Lolos to play a simple pass to Danilo Orsi. Memories of midweek against Arsenal under-21s because all Orsi had to do was compose himself and just tap it past Mahoney, but somehow he whacked it and he hit the bar. It should have been 1-0 and Crawley's media were really trying to push this to Scott Lindsay in his post-match, but Lindsay said something like he's he's sick of ifs, buts and maybes and he'd be right because that should have been a goal. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I was going to say not starting on the 21s, but I think it was Wrexham's third goal last weekend Ugh. where everyone just gets sucked off the ball. I, I think that time Bruin stayed with his man, but they had so many men forward that the goal was inevitable from that. I mean, I think it's a case of, I think better teams are going to, better teams would have punished us on chances like that. Yeah, I think if Bruin doesn't drift towards Lolos or Lolos, I think he shoots and probably scores. So he had to make a decision and that's why I'm not overly critical. And that stage of the game, only one person in the middle of the of the of the box and it's an opposition player it's just it, it's just consistent with how the season has gone so far but we keep getting away with it yeah and I'll, I'll take it as long as we get away with it I mean you you don't expect to see that kind of space when you're playing five at the back but you see on that chance that all of our players are facing goal because they've had to come back they've had to come back from themselves and it's just a situation I think we need to keep an eye out on yeah, and then and then it became the Dan Kemp show for a little while, and he came close a couple of times before scoring. The first effort was like tippy tappy faffing at the back by Crawley. George McEachran steals the ball and plays it to Dan Kemp. Harry Ransom's though, I think his his presence puts Kemp off, and he drags the ball wide of the post. And the second chance before the goal was uh, Crawley actually attacking. They're queuing up to take shots, uh, but the final effort rebounds to Khan, who passes to Kemp. He surges forward. So good to see just that intent from our attacking players. And there was only one thing on his mind, and that was to get to goal as soon as possible instead of looking around and seeing who he could play on. His surge results in his effort flashing wide at the post. This is an opportunity before he scores to just, again... Kemp, what on if 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 he doesn't fit MK Dons' style, then find a way. Yeah, it's crazy because not only is he so good creative midfield, but you know you see from that goal and, and his goals last week that he's a really really tidy finisher as well from inside the box and out. 
Like, that's everything you want in a number 10, especially at this level. I'll ta- Again, I'll take it until and hope they don't notice. Everybody looked to his form at Hartlepool. And my concern was that he couldn't replicate that again for whatever reason. It might have been like career. But then I looked at his career and he really hasn't had many chances. And this, this move, he had that great season at Orient, which resulted in the move to MK Dons. And it kind of stagnated last year. But... It's kind of business as usual for him now, and he's he's just so fun to watch. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he is. Shades of pain. Absolutely. And then he scored. Uh, it, it's lovely, it's clinical, but it's very, very easy. A dies long kick is retrieved by Tom Brewitt, who does really well, actually. It goes to Khan. Khan then gets it to Kemp, and then a one-two between Kemp and Young splits the Crawley defence and... There's only one more moment in this game, really, where it feels perilous for Swindon. It, it really become simple. But that, that goal was a, a huge red flag for Crawley. Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, we were playing those one-twos the whole game and they just couldn't deal with it. Whether it was between Kemp and Young and Kemp and McEachran were doing it a lot as well. Just a simple pass move and it was easy enough to sort of move them out of our way, essentially. Yeah. At 1-0, the town end are singing, Lindsay, what's the score? And from our side of things, given the way the first half was playing out, that felt very premature. I was wrong on that case. But the next big chance did come to Crawley. And oh, dearie me. Uh, Swindon looked to double their lead by sending the majority up for the corner. All it would take is a clearance to get to the Don Rogers side of the pitch and Crawley would be away. And that's exactly what happened. Mahoney's in no man's land, but none of this matters because Adam Campbell's long distance hit went hopelessly wide. He could have played a very simple pass to his forward, not so far away, and it would have just been 1-1. It's irrelevant. It was reckless from Swindon, given recent games. And I think that was the kick up the bum that Flynn sort of identifies in his post-match. Yeah, I mean, we had seven players beyond the penalty spot. And it's an in-swinging corner they're set up for too. So it's it's not, it has to be perfect. Yeah, and we know that, you know, set pieces both ways are still a bit of a weakness for us. So it's, yeah, and especially towards that point of the half where, you know, we've gone 1-0 up. You don't want to be hit instantly because then, you know, you've got potential for players' heads to drop. I feel like we've, we've rushed through the first half really, but it, it was frantic we had our moments. I think when we listen to the listeners' contributions, they're, they're largely fair in their assessment that it could have easily been 2-2-3-3. But there was no sort of negativity from the people I talked to, the people I'm messaging at halftime. It was just like, this is great, fun, but we're going to get caught out eventually. Not, maybe not against Crawley, but if, if, for example, if we drew, aside from a higher division in the FA Cup third round this year, playing like that, We'd lose eight or nine nil, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that's a silly nitpicking point because obviously they approach the game differently. But if we came up against a side that is really much, but we conceded five against Wrexham for the first time in a few seasons, we might get a tonking this year. But I think it will be isolated. But if we play like that against some of our opponents in this division, it won't end the way we want it to. If we come up against a team like Gillingham, who have been pretty defensively sound up until this weekend, all it takes is a side like them to be good on the counter-attack and, you know, they're going to punish us. Especially if we're doing crazy corner routines or we've got both wing-backs dashing forward and we've got Khan, who's supposed to be the defensive midfielder, dashing forward as well. It just leaves us massively exposed. And I don't think we have the centre-backs to deal with that sort to deal with that sort of pressure yet. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. And... At the moment, it's we're, we're, we're talking like we're assuming this is the only way we're going to play all season long, which probably just isn't realistic. Uh, but again, who knows? Throwing zero caution to the wind might be the way this season. But, oh, the second half, Max, was just lovely. And the sort of thing you, you would have heard in the stands was, Oh, an early goal would be nice, settle us down. And we didn't get one, we got two of them. So 47th minute, throw in to Khan, Khan to Young, and he powers forward. Again, the fact that people like Kemp and Young just surge forward looking to goal instead of looking for passes elsewhere. And it's another effort at a die's near post, and it's 2-0 and it's game set and match. I think that's the biggest takeaway that I'd like to discuss currently is just that willingness to just attack. Yeah, we. I mean, Kemp, Young, 
they were they, like they were they were both doing it a lot, just driving at defenders. And I think if you know if you know you're against a, a weaker League Two team and they're going to have a weaker backline, that's the that's for me that's one of the best things you can do. Run at them because half the time they don't know how to deal with it. They're too busy trying to back off you, and you know try for a safe challenge or wait for a midfielder to come in and get you. It's a good way. I think it's a really good way of attacking, especially like the lesser size in this league. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was enough for the Crawley fans to stop singing or refer, singing songs referring to Lindsay leaving us because we weren't very good. That that ended at that point because it was 3-0 after 51 minutes. Kemp wrestled the ball off the dallying Crawley defender. I think if that was the other way round, we'd probably have wanted to foul for that, but it's not given. Kemp plays it to Young and his first touch is perfect and it's 3-0. And that's when you start seeing Crawley fans disappear and Lindsay stands defiantly at the touchline, having to take even the Arkles, Max, singing, Lindsay, what's the score? I talk about Lindsay's impact on Swindon since he's left and I think the majority couldn't give a damn either way other than in the ground when he's there. It was very, very satisfying to see them all looking so hapless uh, on the touchline, I have to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of them, like, you know, he left, a, I think he left an impression of mediocrity, I guess you'd say, under us. I, I sort of went into it positively. I mean, he was never viewed well just, just through the recruitment process. I think he was pretty much doomed from the start. Yeah. So in a way, I do, I, I, I do sympathise for him on that side. But, you know, when he's coming out and saying all the the social media bits and, uh, you know, taking jabs and stuff. And it's just nice to see that sort of thing backfire. It is quite satisfying. It is. It is. That's football. That's tribalism. It's got nothing to do with him as a personality. It's just, it's just the way it is. Exactly. (laughs) Got to to always bring up those sound bites wherever possible. Definitely, definitely do. Um, Because we all expected Sir Alex Ferguson, of course, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it was 4-0 on the hour mark and I'm beginning to dream of 8 or 9-0 at this point. Um, this one is the ultimate humiliation. It's a humiliating blow to Lindsay's hapless side because it's a lovely weighted pass to Khan, whose turn just kills the career of the side and tackling Crawley defender, leaving Kemp able to pass across to Young, who grabs his hat-trick. And it is really, really great Swindon play. It's a great performance, but Crawley are as bad as we'll see in the second half. It, 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 it's just... It's nice because it's it's us that's benefiting from it. Yeah, they're, they're not good. No. I, I think it's good to see us being ruthless in a way. I yeah. think that's something we didn't see a lot last season under either manager. This this is sort of... The, the league is so open this year that something like goal difference is going to... I, I think it's going to be a big factor mm. for those playoff places. And I think you've got, you've got to do this. Like, you, we've got players capable of... Like, even Hutton and... You know, Awakwe contributing as well from from the wings. We've got so many different outlets to get goals in this team. I think we should be making the most of it wherever we can. I think it's a really good point, and I completely agree that it's those small margins come the end of the season. And I know Crawley have started well this year. Draw at Salford, their win against Bradford, they're, they're impressive results. But we saw none of that over the weekend and I'm delighted that whatever happened at Ginningham was enough to uh, rattle him a little bit because we scored again a fifth, 71 minutes. Uh, Nice cross from Tariq Uwakwe and it's headed home for Crawley's fourth, fourth again unforgivable defending we're only dealing with four goal hauls this decade Max no traditional triples so far but somehow this decade, we've achieved three hauls. Uh, Harry McCurdy's against Northampton, Charlie Austin's at Rochdale last season, and then now Jake Young's against Crawley Town. That's quite a stat, really, because considering there was a huge gap between Duncan Shearer against Plymouth and then James Collins against Portsmouth, and now over two calendar years, we've had blooming three of them. I know. I want a five. I was I was looking up after this goal went in. I went to Rich Banyard site and looked up what what the record it's is. It's got to be East, isn't it? East was it East? seven. It's seven in a game is the record. Oh right, seven in a game. I think East in the sixties used to get five, and then you got Harry Morris who used to score as many as he'd won uh, <laughs> before that. But yeah, it it does feel like we're going back to that fifties sixties era of 
yeah, what's what's a five five, a, a six nil amongst friends instead of this two one one nil era that we, we seem to be perennially in? And again, I don't mind it all. Defending is dead. No, it's great. I I, I want to go see more goals. I, I you know, no no one wants to see a one nil, do they? You want to see a seven five or something yes. ridiculous? Yeah. And one day it's going to be against us, but until then, more please. Um, and yeah, the, the amount of the amount of eye rolling I've seen to the fact that we're playing bottom place Doncaster next week, so you just know it's all going to go crashing down on us next week. But that's for another pod. The, the best thing that happened at this point really was the fact that Town were able to rest players. So from here on. Uh, throughout the rest of the game, we see Saidu Khan go off. We see Blake Tracy go off. We see Charlie Austin, Dan Kemp and Jake Young all leave the field. And although, and Michael Flynn does say like we didn't sit back, there, there was a change really in terms of like weren't quite able to um, to be as prolific once those players came off the pitch. Yeah, and I think that's probably, it's probably an element of, you know, once the game is done, you know, you've got a busy schedule. Like, say, this intensity we play at, you don't want to be going gung-ho when you don't have to. Um, I think this is just a, a smart move from Flynn to sort of say, right, tighten it up, play it safe and just see it out. Yeah, and we saw Hepburn Murphy come on, uh, we saw Kinsella come on, uh, Wakeling came on, but unfortunately he got injured um, during his small cameo, and we saw Harrison Minton get his ninth league appearance for the town, and Tyree Shade come on too. Um, and there were a couple of chances during this period where Crawley were trying to get a consolation, and I was getting a little bit nervous. I didn't want... Crawley to score in this game they didn't deserve to score and I didn't want them to score because we weren't as threatening but we certainly weren't playing weren't playing badly or anything like that Darcy bless him he got close-ish at 4-0 and then Mahoney say brilliantly at 5-0 before we began to sort of turn it up again Um, huge injury time which felt a bit unfair on Crawley but those are the new rules Uh, Shade had a one-on-one which he failed to execute but then he got a second chance to cap his first league game of the season, deep into injury time, last kick of the game, a lovely first touch by Tyree Shade, and then twisting around to get the ball on his preferred foot before, frankly, blasting the ball past poor old Corey Adai. A lovely, lovely finish, followed by that petrifying goal celebration, which I don't know if he's trying to master that, because he always looks like he's going to break his ankle. He does, doesn't he? I, I was thinking that as soon as he did it, I thought, oh, I swear those are getting tighter. Just coming back from injury, do you know what I'll do? <laughs> I'll do the little twisty twirl jump thing that I do that always looks like uh, it will be the end of my season. I'm really happy for Tyree Shade, but I, I find it, I've seen a few comments on it, and I guess I hadn't thought about it, but it could be the last time we see Tyree Shade in a Swindon Town shirt. I don't know if Swindon are, are looking to actively sell. I've heard rumours that he might be on the list of available players. Yeah, it's not really gone to plan for him at Swindon, but putting that all that to the side, it's a lovely finish. Yeah, really, really nice goal. And he and like I say, he had he had the he had the one on one, and I think he had another chance when he came on as well. He looked really, really lively and deserved this goal. Yeah, and and do you think do you think if there are any outgoings over the next few days, it could be Shade? I think he's potentially one of them. I wouldn't like to see it because I think you know he's a good option off the bench. I think if he comes on like he did today and has good energy, we've still got a few of those you know cup games for him to come into when the when the schedule starts getting hectic. He's an option. I don't think he's. I think you look at the players ahead of him. You look at Hepburn, Murphy, Young, Austin up front. You know, I don't think he's got a place in that starting eleven the way we're playing at the minute, the shape we play. I think it's probably down to him if he wants to go and get a starting football somewhere, which I wouldn't blame him for, because you know, he's a tidy little player, just not he's just not gonna get in that front three as it stands. If we're spinning plates in terms of the transfer market, if he can only bring in two now, but he can bring three and it would involve having to offload one, which I know doesn't help, but if it, it strengthens us elsewhere, then it, it might be a necessity. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah, I think, you know, we've got we've got good options up there outside 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 of shade. There's you know, you look at Wakeman coming on, Heber Murphy came on as well. And I think you then you look at an option like centre mid, that's probably where we need a bit of depth. You need a centre back. So I mean if it's a choice between keeping him or 
bringing in some depth where else where other places where it's more required then i think I think that's what you'd, I, I'd prefer to do as well. Post-match, Scott Lindsay called his side's efforts toothless. Um, I got to the bit where he said he was bored with ifs, buts and maybes, and then it just bummed me out too much. So I just turned it off there and then. He's always so sad in his post match, <laughs> so, isn't so he? He's sad, giving me flashbacks to last year. Um, so I, I turned it off. Meanwhile, Michael Flynn said we started sloppily and Crawley should have been 1-0 up. Uh, countering and leaving too many gaps, made silly mistakes and left ourselves open. The message was put out there and we upped our game. Then we played as a team and it was a brilliant team performance. Shade's goal showed that we didn't sit back. We should have scored more. Young's goals were outstanding. He's a good player, a confidence player. Dan Kemp was brilliant, could have scored a hat-trick. Tariq Uwakwe looked much better, looked fitter than his crew performance. Uh, players need to be fit to play in his side. Uh, don't get too high or low with performances. Need to put it aside and be professional. That's definitely a difference from this time last year. And um, yeah, apparently Steve Mildenhall accidentally punched Michael Flynn on the jaw at 4-0. But that's just a little Wiltshire hello, isn't it? Yeah, and bringing a bit of limbs to the touchline. That's what you want to see, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is, one thing I like about Michael Flynn is he does tend to suggest that when he when he, he reads a game similar to the majority of us, there's no nonsense. There's no like trying to protect. There's no trying to paper over cracks about that first half. He acknowledged it. He changed it. We tonked them. That's that's what we want to hear. Yeah, I really like the way he spoke on it because you know any other manager would come out after a six 0 win and. You know, it would be nothing but it would be nothing but praise. But I'm glad he's seeing the holes in the first half, and I'm glad he's seen the same things that we are, and he knows where we need to improve. It would have been so easy for a yes man manager to say, "Here we are. What were you worried about? This is our squad. This is what we can do. Just sit back. We might bring two people in if you're lucky. Let's just go with it." But he 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 acknowledged the issues. There's obviously a depth issue again. We'll get to it. Let's have some Banyard stats. Rich Banyard took to. Uh, social media giving us all the information he need about that 6-0 the last time so that was the first time we've scored six or the first time town had scored six was 799 competitive matches ago that makes me feel really icky we could have waited one more game I blame Colchester Uh, 6-0 win over Port Vale in 2008 the last time we scored six in a competitive fixture saw goals by Lee Peacock, Craig Easton, Jack Smith, Michael Timlin, Anthony McNamee and Ben Joyce. Max, a lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. I love those names. That is so <laughs> good. The last time we scored 11 goals across consecutive league matches was November 1965, a 5-0 win against Reading and a 6-2 and a win over Mansfield across all competitions. And it was that glorious December of 1979 when we beat Bury 8-0, a side that included a young Danny Wilson, and the famous 4-3 League Cup quarterfinal win over Arsenal. Wolverhampton Wanderers robbed us, Max. Unfortunately, 15 goals across our first four league games was last achieved in 1946, which is the last time, or the only time it's been done. Town backed by the firepower of one season wonder, Bill Stevens, who scored nine of those goals, and Gordon Slacker-Williams scoring five. Swindon got 16 goals during that time. Billy Lucas and Bertie Denyer Jr., son of the more famous Bertie Denyer Sr. with the other goals. I do love, I was going to say love stats, but I, I just love the work of Rich Banyard. Oh, that site has been keeping me going. You can, I, I get lost in it when I go on there. There's only one way to do that website, and that's to get lost in it. Yeah, 100%. I also love the the nickname of Gordon Williams, Slacker. Yeah, if he would have put his mind to it, he could have got 10, but five, we'll, we'll have to go with it. That manager must have had high standards. <laughs> uh, let's have some listeners' contributions and um, think about Man of the Match. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. 
NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows, and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, I'm Anthony Grant, and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. A lovely result at the county ground this weekend, followed up by even lovelier listeners' feedback. Thank you very much for your contributions. Mostly very positive with some sprinkles of caution. We start with Jimmy Legs, who says... What is it with Bradford City striker Loney's and Swindon Town? Take some doing to make Owen Doyle look comparatively profligate. Wildly open game in the first half. Could have been 3-3 at the break. Entertaining, but we're going to get found out by proper footballing teams before too long. Bernie Man says, a great all-round performance if you close your eyes for the first 20-25 minutes. Improving by the game, which is positive. Kemp pulled all the strings, and Young greatly accepted them. Uwakwe seems to be finding his fitness too. Still significantly worried about depth. Kemp, man of the match. Ricky Rickett says, don't underestimate the role played by the two outer centre-backs. When they play the ball forward, they always run the diagonal and find so much space in the opposite wide channel. Tactically brilliant. It could catch us out one day, but great to watch. Jason says, when he was hired, I voiced my concerns about Flynn, but I have to say he has taken the Swindon way very well. I take it back, he has us playing some great football. Philip Holloway says, great to finally enjoy a game at the county ground again. It is very difficult to understand how a League Two club would be prepared to loan out players of the quality of Young and Kemp. This could be very fun until January. Paul D says, what a game. Both sides are very open first half, but utterly dominated the second. Crawley poor on the day, but results before today show they are no mugs. Flynn building a very exciting side. If we can shore up defensively and keep key players fit, could be quite a season. Michelle says, look, very dicey in the first half. It was a blessing Crawley was so poor. Second half, we upped our game. Lovely stuff. Charlie didn't score, but his contribution to these performances is, again, lovely stuff. We are so much more exciting than this time last year. A joy to watch. Lovely stuff, Michelle. STFCF says, first half, both sides attacking a lot, not much quality in defending. We got ourselves in front and then came out with a proper plan to kill the game off in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Great to watch. Although against better opposition, we might have let a few in. Batch SDFC says those super sexy bastards. Brilliant second half. Game killed pretty much straight away. Much better pressure and well look at the score. First half was actually much more mixed. Thankfully, Crawley couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Can we cancel the January transfer window? STFC Boo says, and the biggest result from the game was Fraser Blake Tracy not being booked. The lapsed STFC fan says, long live Flimble. And Ben Pyman says, well, that was all right. 
Young, man of the match. Paul Temple says, Lindsay slapped for six. Sloppy start, but we look more powerful and incisive. Therefore, a matter of time before overcoming a typically small and tippy-tappy crawly. Jake Young should be man of the match with the four goals, but I give it to Dokes after such a strong and composed performance. Josh Phelps provides the word Swindon, replacing the S with a six and the O with a zero. And that's all he has to say. Thank you, Josh. Tom Elliott says, very open first half hour with Town fortunate to emerge unscathed and ahead. Sublime for the next 30 minutes before controlling the final 30. 2020 vintage Anthony Grant equivalent required to stem counterattacks against better teams. Bravo town. Patch UK says, have we ever gone a whole season without a nil-nil? We are going to score for fun against weak teams and concede in spades against anyone with a bit of discipline and a decent forward in front of goals. Never a dull moment with this team. Jamie Goodwin says, shaky first 30 minutes where it appeared as though we were as watertight as a colander. However, in that period, Kemp could have scored a hat-trick himself. The goal settled the game down and we finished the first half in control. And the second half was just a demonstration of firepower. Kemp, man of the match. Steve Armand says, loving the attempts on goal, the goals, the excitement, never a dull moment. Four games in and better than all of last season. Cannot believe it. Man of the match, Jake Young. Kemp, a close second. Brilliant. Wardy S says, first half's performance could easily have been two all at half time. Brilliant attacking football. Should have been seven or eight. Kemp, brilliant, but Young takes man of the match. PJ says, defensively still very shaky at times, but going forward, we look unstoppable. Jake Young, obviously man of the match, and Kemp not far behind him. It's just nice to be enjoying football at the county ground again, and even better to do against the passion merchant himself. Enjoyable Saturday. Carly Embling says, we just don't look like we're going to stop scoring at the moment. I refuse to say anything negative. I haven't been this happy with the football we are playing for such a long time. Reds. And he says, amazing second half. First half, a bit too open for me. Looking for negatives, I thought Uwakwe was a passenger assist aside. Big positive. Got some more minutes into returning players. Man of the match, Kemp with Young and Khan scrapping it out just behind him. Matt says... Start was worrying with a huge hole in the middle of the pitch. Defence had no cover again. After 25 minutes, finally took control. Kemp should have had three in the first. The second half blitz was great. Young getting in all the right places. Notable mention to Awakwe for coming back into the side. Danielle Wilson said, thoroughly enjoyed that. Clean sheet is huge. Young and Kemp equals outstanding. Chris Van Roon says, glorious, some tremendous goals. And I have finally seen a score six live at a match. I loved how we kept going and kept our focus. Mahoney's save near the end was fab. Great to see a full slate of subs used too. August has been a good month. It's whetting my appetite for the season. Hank says, what an effing game. Hope we can keep a hold of Kemp and Young throughout the season. Shaky at the start. Then we grew into the game and we got the clean sheet, which is great. A great result. Awesome. Yes. Simon Gerling says, more entertainment in that one game than the entire Lindsay reign. Young, obvious man of the match, but Kemp was great, as was Khan. Defensively still need some work, but that will come with time dreading January already. Steve Sheen gives us memories of the Viddy printer when he says 15, brackets 15, goals in four games and Austin has got one, brackets one of them. I'm not sure what point I'm trying to make, but I hope it's a positive one. Me too, Steve. Paul Merriman says, not sure how we didn't concede in the first half. That's water under the bridge from around 35 minutes onwards. Only one side was going to win it. Super football overloaded them all over the pitch. Need another good centre-back in and Uwakwe needs to level up his fitness. Kemp gets the Louis Reed man of the match. And finally, Jeremy Randall, who says at halftime, we were slightly fortunate to be ahead. Crawley had three clear chances, as did we. 
The two early second half goals killed them off and we controlled the rest of the game. Man of the match, Young. Kemp also outstanding. Good performance throughout the side. Okay, so the summary from the listeners was we rode our luck in the first half, but good fun. Great fun in the second half. No accusations of paper in the cracks and acknowledgement that we might struggle later if we keep going down this road. We need to bolster the side that in order to last the pace. Sign Kemp and Young permanently, please. Those comparisons to Owen Doyle and those lovely comparisons to Owen Doyle and Jerry Yates's relationship at Swindon. Of course, uh, as you mentioned, pain comparisons too. And generally, fans just want January to come and go with some of these players, all of these players still in Swindon shirts. I think I think we just need to just enjoy September, October, November and December and just think about January when we get there, aren't we? Yeah, in my head, they are on six-month loan deals which expire on the 1st of January. And I'm going to enjoy them whilst they're here because, I mean, it's not, it's not just them as individuals, but the way that Kemp and Young link up together and McEachran with them as well, is just so nice to see. I mean, you, we talked about, um, you know, what I'm getting on is not seeing, and maybe it's just the fit of the players around him and the fact that Kemp slotted into this team and it just works, right? Between everyone around, from everyone around him, from, you know, between him and Hutton on that right-hand side, Khan behind him and Young in front of him. It's solid chemistry that we're seeing between all these players. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kemp's been brought in and told that we're going to build a team around him. Um, it, it, the, the thing is, if Swindon Town are in the promotion hunt, because there's obviously no guarantee that they, they keep this form going. This time last year, we were all cooing over the form of Jake Wakeling. And although his efforts were mighty across the season, they did fade over time. Um if Mark Hughes leaves Bradford, then we say goodbye to Jake Young. I, I, I think that's just that's just the way it will be. But if you have two players that have been loaned from League Two clubs and you're top of the league, second in the league, third in the league, deep into the playoffs, why why wouldn't you recall them? Even if it's just to, for the month to stitch them up. <laughs> For a month, yeah. I mean, well, it's like what we what we were saying um, in the twenty twenty one season when we had Scott Twineway on loan and he was scoring those goals. You know, I think it was we had shouts from October onwards saying, "Well, we've got to recall him in January." Yeah, works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, works both ways. It was very tiring the Owen Doyle saga, wasn't it? If you remember, and just trying to find new angles and new <laughs> when we all knew he was going to be recalled, and we got him back. And then COVID came and we didn't really get that last hurrah that, that we really wanted. But um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think what I'll say on this is that I think it's, and it's similar to when we lost Simpson and Kesler Hayden during the Bangana season. And we still managed to replace those players well and still managed to get a playoff and we were a kick away from Wembley. So, you know, it's if they go, someone will come in. And I think with this style of play, there's plenty of players that could fit the bill. Whether they'll be as good as Kemp and Young are in their current form, obviously, you, you know, you can't tell. But, you know, you've got a, a mould of a player now. You know, this type of player fits this system. And I'm sure I'm sure that they're identifying targets just in case as contingency of what they, what we can do in January, whatever happens. Let's just enjoy it because they're so fun to watch. Let's just enjoy it and hope Sweden have depth charts, which I'm more than sure they do. Uh, man of the match then. So the sponsor's... At the county ground, gave it to Jake Young. The listeners gave it to Jake Young. There were shout-outs to Kemp, Blake Tracy, Bruitt, uh, Godwin Malife. I put the poll into the uh, the WhatsApp group where there's 15 people. Currently, 12 people voted and it's 6-6. Six, six. So <laughs> I bloody knew that would happen. So you get the deciding vote and I think it's a clean sweep. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, if a player scores four goals... As good as Kemp was, and I think on any other day it, it would be Kemp. You score four goals, you've got to be man of the match, haven't you? Well, I voted for Kemp. <sighs> yeah. Twee old Pullen being contrary. Superb performance by Young. No problem with making him man of the match. And he enters the Hall of Fame. Am I right? <laughs> Thank Not. you. 
thank you. Just no, don't don't reply. Just just that little laugh was enough for me. That that's fine. <laughs> Let, let's think about closing this because, as we said several times, and we keep on sort of getting pulled into the gravitation <laughs> of of the transfer deadline day. So transfer deadline day is coming up. During the post-match, Flynn was asked on transfers specifically on whether this sort of result helps bring players in or gets them more interested. The reply was, we can only spend what we've got. And he cited fitness being a key towards us having a successful season, which I think is a fair reflection of where we're at. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you got to think that recent events are going to affect our budget and... Mm. You know, I, I, we've got we've got a decent squad, but I've I thought for for the last few weeks we are still two, maybe three players short, and this is this style of play is going to take a toll on players. I think so. Yeah, some fans have said, well, if we sign Young and Kemp, that would keep fans off Morfuni's back, and they're probably right. But I think those quotes from Flynn tell you why that isn't happening just yet. Uh, maybe that's for another instalment, but when we're, we're doing very well this season on the pitch and that's why we're separating conversations about behind the scenes elsewhere because we want to enjoy Michael Flynn and his side without having to go into all that stuff. But rest assured, I'm not going to stop talking about that. No, definitely not. Got <laughs> to keep up with it. It's never a dull day. Never a dull day. We can we, we can try, but where's the fun in that? So next up is Doncaster away. They are terrible. One point so far this season. So uh, uh, why do I not feel great about that? That's, that's what Swindon have done to us, right? <laughs> that is what Swindon have done. Well, I look forward to trying to get Joe to tell me why I feel so nervy about Doncaster away. Until then, Max, a lovely debut. Thank you very much. Cheers. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.